Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class for Wednesday night for those who are not able to be with us at the building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, we know that there are people who listen not just in the Omaha area, but they listen all across the country and literally around the world. And so there may be many people who, in from one perspective, they may not be able to get out to a church building, but they want to study God's word. They want to hear a Bible class. They want to feel like they're involved in a Bible study every Wednesday evening. But there are others who may just kind of be searching. They may not be a part of any particular church group, but they're searching, trying to learn God's word, and they're looking for good down-to-earth, really scripturally-based studies from the Bible. Well, we're here for all who want to get into God's Word, and we're thankful to be able to have the ability and the means and the opportunity to broadcast these lessons every Wednesday night over the Internet by by these podcasts. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we really do encourage you to come and be with us in person. Check us out. Get Get to know us. Let us get to know you. And really worship and study God's Word with us and grow spiritually with us as we do so together each Wednesday evening at 6.30. And these podcasts are are posted at 6.30 each Wednesday evening, our regular Wednesday evening Bible class time at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, we want to encourage you to not just listen to these studies, but also to take advantage of all of the Bible study resource material that you have up that you have access to at our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. When you go to that website, you can scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. And we keep emphasizing we're not after your wallet. We just want to help people get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, it's free. It always will be free. You will automatically receive our Wednesday night Bible class at 6.30 each Wednesday evening and also our Sunday morning Bible class at at, uh, 9.30 every Sunday morning. Plus, you'll receive all of our sermons and a really, I think it's a wonderful, short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day called Today's Bible Class. And you'll also receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. But also at our website, you'll be able to download hundreds of sermons, and they are, many of those are now posted in video format as well as audio, and you'll be able to download and study through as you read hundreds of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles. All of that is free. And when you sign up for our podcasting, all of those podcasts we mentioned a moment ago, they will automatically go to your device, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, your pad, your tablet, whichever one you choose. And again, it will always be free. So we encourage you to take advantage of those opportunities to be in God's Word on a regular basis, and again, for free, and encourage other people to do so as well. We also encourage you to share these Wednesday night Bible classes with everybody you can on a regular basis. You know people who need to get into God's Word, don't you? Who need to grow in their faith, who need to be stronger in their spiritual lives. Help them by sharing these studies with them. 
through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a wonderful blessing for them. If you could help them turn their lives around by getting them into God's word, but that would also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing today. We're going to continue our study in 2 Peter. And as I've been emphasizing right along, as we've been going through these studies in James, 1 Peter, and now 2 Peter, I've taken some time to look at the texts rather in-depth and thoroughly, and yet really try to get across what, what is being communicated to us, instructed for us, through these inspired scriptures by the writers who were guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write exactly God's word, I've been taking time to explain that in a way that makes sense and that is easy to understand, but it also makes sense for our daily lives. So much instruction for the everyday Christian in these, in these particular letters. Now, we have looked through, oh, approximately, well, probably not quite half of the first chapter of Second Peter. And already we've taken a great deal of time going through these first eight verses. Now, I'm just going to drop back to verse 5 and read through verse 8. And because these are a listing of what Peter lays out here as what we might call Christian characteristics or principles of Christianity, or you might say, uh, you know, Christian virtues, as they've probably been called a number of times. And so he says, beginning with verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now those are verses 5 through 7, and those are those Christian characteristics, and Peter is writing this letter to primarily Christians. Now, of course, the instruction is more broad-based than that as far as potential application is concerned. It would apply to anybody who wants to really come to God through Jesus Christ, who wants to become a Christian, who wants to have an eternal home in heaven. We're talking about instruction as to how to live the Christian life on a daily basis. Now, verse 8 says, if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many people I have seen over the more than four decades of full-time preaching that I have experienced, people who they learned the gospel message of salvation and they're ready to become a Christian. They're ready to be baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. And they are. But within, a, in many cases, a very short period of time, but in many other cases, a fairly short period of time, they're gone. They have fallen back into the ways that they had been living before they, be, before they were baptized into Christ. Uh, now, for whatever reason, and, and different ones would give different reasons, but uh, for a lot of them, I suspect it was a lack of really focused dedication to live that Christian life. 
And Peter is trying to help us as Christians to understand how we can live that focused, dedicated, and effective Christian life. We need to develop our faith. Now, how do we do that? Well, we add these Christian virtues, these Christian characteristics. We work on them. It's not an overnight process. It's not an overnight uh, ultimate fulfillment. It, it is a, a, a lifestyle of dedication. You think about a professional athlete. How many young boys have dreamed of wanting to become professional baseball players or basketball players or football players? Many some, maybe some have dreamed about becoming professional tennis players or soccer players. Well, the list could go on and on. And how many young ladies have dreamed of becoming professional stars in whatever sport that they really have kind of tuned into? Well, how does that happen? Certainly not overnight. It's not just a wish and then it's a fulfillment. It's a, an ongoing, for a great many years, focused, dedicated pursuit. I've often thought about the athletes who participate in the Olympics every four years and how they spend so much of their life leading up to that point where they qualify to participate in the Olympics, just practicing, just developing their skill in whatever sport that they have chosen. I've thought about how at the end of one Olympic, uh, one Olympic Games, it's four more years before the next one. And some of those athletes, they have already put, oh, maybe... 15, 16, 20 or more years into getting ready for that first Olympic in which they qualified to participate. And now they come, they're getting ready for the next one. And it's four more years, four more years of rigorous training. Again, honing down, sharpening, enhancing their skills. We understand the same kind of principle basically is true for any profession that we choose to pursue in life. Well, Peter is simply saying here, understand that the most important goal is to get to heaven. And so work on developing your faith more fully by adding to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, knowledge of God's word, to, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. And if, he says, if these things are yours and abound, not just little smatterings, not that you've just given a little piecemeal attention or kind of here and there attention to developing these Christian character traits, these, these particular characteristics that will enhance your faith in God and in Christ, but you've really, you've really focused on it in a dedicated way, consistently, on an ongoing basis, then he says, you're not going to be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what does he mean by that? You're not going to be barren in your Christian life. You're not going to be unfruitful as to how to live effectively, purposefully, your Christian life on a daily, day in and day out, month in and month out, 
year in and year out basis for the rest of your life. You're going to become a, a, a Christian who is productive in your Christianity, in your faith. One who makes a difference in the lives of the people around them, but also one who is actively and dedicatedly serving their God and their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on a consistent basis. You're going to accomplish things with your faith, with your Christian life. In verse 9, he goes on and he says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Well, this would be exactly the opposite of the characteristics that are brought out in verse 8, aren't, aren't they? Verse 8, if these characteristics are yours and abound, you're not going to be barren spiritually. You're not going to be unfruitful spiritually in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ in living the Christian life. But if you lack these things, and how many Christians, how many Christians, well, they, they still, they're kind of at a very surface level. They don't really meet those standards that the Hebrews writer lays out in the closing verses of Hebrews chapter 5 and the first few verses of chapter 6, or that the apostle Paul brings out in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in the first several verses there. They're still babes in Christ. They haven't grown that much spiritually. They're still needing to be fed with the milk of God's word rather than the meat because they don't really put themselves in any kind of vigorous way into developing and living their faith in, a, in, in an effective and productive way. And so Peter says, if you lack these things, you're short-sighted. You don't see the big picture. You're not focused far enough down the road. You need to understand your main goal in life ought to be getting to heaven. That's really all that matters. And you're not, you're not there yet. You're not focusing on that sufficiently. He says even to blindness, you're short-sighted even to blindness. And how many times do Christians exhibit a spiritual blindness as to how they ought to be living their lives, but they're not. They're not adding virtue and then knowledge and then self-control and then perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and love. They're not focusing on adding those particular qualities, Christian qualities, to their faith, to their dedication to God and Christ. And maybe they've forgotten. And in fact, Peter goes on and says, you've forgotten that you were cleansed from your old sins. Well, you're still kind of toeing the line back there along a sinful lifestyle as opposed to a godly lifestyle? One with a lack of dedication as opposed to one that is fully dedicated? You see, Christians... We need to make up our minds. Are we going to be Christians? Are we going to live the Christian life? Are we going to be focused on getting to heaven above all else? Or are we going to get caught up in the ways of the world again? Are we going to kind of give God a little lip service here and there, perhaps? Maybe even show up on the scene, but that's about it. 
we're not going to really get into that dedicated, committed, serving Christian lifestyle that God intends us to pursue and live as his faithful followers, as his family, and that is the church. In verse 10, Peter goes on with his exhortation, with his encouragement and instruction. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Now, he begins this particular immediate context back in verse 5 by saying, giving all diligence. We understand that word is a very active word, isn't it? Again, it's not just kind of passive or kind of in the background, but no, all diligence. You work at something diligently. You're putting yourself into it. And he says, give all diligence. And now he closes or comes near closing this immediate context by reemphasizing, be even more diligent. Boy, you got to you really, this is something you need to give everything to, living that Christian life, becoming that strong Christian, and being that strong Christian influence that you're supposed to be. Going back to what Jesus said in, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, you need to be the salt of the earth. You need to be the shining light that helps people see the way out of sin and into forgiveness in Christ and through Christ, where they will come into salvation. And they can look forward to eternal life through him. So therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Now, the, your call and election, they're basically the same thing, just two different kind of statements or figures of speech referring to the same thing. And he's talking about your eternal salvation, your eternal life. Make your call and election sure. Follow through all the way. Think about that athlete again in the Olympics. And so he's trained for maybe 15 or 16 or 20 years. And let's say he's, he's there running track. And so he is pounding that track, running in that group, trying to get ahead, trying to win the meet. But somewhere along the line, he loses heart, and he falls back, and then he just steps off the track. What a sad spectacle that would be. He gives up. He's not sticking to it. He's not being diligent. And Peter says, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. You see, everybody wants to be in heaven. Now, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's pretty much the case. Everybody wants to be in heaven. But a whole lot of people don't want to, do, don't want to give the due diligence to get there. They want the blessing without the commitment, without the perseverance, without the determination and dedication. But Peter says, if you're diligent, even more diligent, if that's your dedication, absolutely committed, dedicated, 
he said, you'll never stumble. If you add these, these Christian characteristics to your faith, to your Christianity, Peter, and you're, you're consistent in following through and living by them on an ongoing basis, he said, you're never going to stumble. You're not going to fall back into the ways of the world. You're not going to become an unforgiven sinner again. You're going to be an example to the people around you. In fact, you're going to be not just an example, but a great influence that, well, that other people will be able to look to to encourage them to live the Christian life. In verse 11, he says, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, what a great statement to hear when we are standing before the judgment seat of Christ on that final day of judgment, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, and we hear his words enter in to the joys of the Lord. What an exhilarating feeling to step through those pearly gates onto those golden streets, into that place, that city, wherein there is no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more crying. Peter says you can be sure of that. You can be sure of that if you'll give all the more diligence to living and developing every day of your life on this earth, your Christian faith, adding these virtues, these Christian characteristics, and nurturing them and developing them and strengthening them daily as you go through your life. Let's look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And I want us to read verses 30 and 31. And this is almost at the end of John's gospel account. He says, Truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Well, I've said many times, what we really have written down for us as to the account of Jesus' life, what he did, where he went, where he taught, whom he influenced personally, we have very little written down for us. But we have enough to teach us and show us the way and convince us that he is the Savior. John goes on and he says, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have, faith, have life in his name. Now that's why we need to get into God's word and stay in God's word consistently all the time because these things have been written to assure us, first to guide us to salvation through Christ and then to assure us of our salvation in Christ. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 40, on Pentecost, as Peter and the rest of the apostles were teaching that multitude, and Peter's words are being highlighted. In verse 40, he says, or the, or the text says, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. 
from this perverse or crooked generation? How could we look around at the world around us, at our very society and culture in our country right now, and not understand that it's crooked and perverse? But it's basically always been that way. That is the way of this world. This world, for the most part, is outside of Christ. Jesus said only the few are walking down that straight and narrow road that leads to heaven, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. But when we understand and we are committed and dedicated and consistent in that dedication to live by the teachings of Christianity communicated to us in God's word, we can have confidence in our eternal life in heaven. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 22, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Oh, how wonderful it is to know that when we came into Christ, as we were baptized into him, the blood that he shed on the cross cleansed us of the guilt of our sins. And we came into him. And the end, the confidence we can have in living that life in Christ, faithfully and consistently every day, is that we can look forward to, with assurance and confidence, an eternal home in heaven. When we look at 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and we begin reading with verse 11, here the Apostle John wrote, this is the testimony that God has given us, the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now, there are those people, and there are billions of them, who are not walking with Christ. Billions who do not believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior. John says, if you're not walking with Christ, if you're not committed to him, if you have not given your life to him as your Savior, then you do not have life. You do not have eternal life. In the next verse, verse 13, John goes on and says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. And now that belief would necessarily include obedience, commitment, and dedication to the teachings of, God, of, of Jesus Christ. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Oh yes, living that faithful, dedicated, consistent, committed life of Christianity, growing our faith, nurturing our faith, consistently paying attention to our faith, understanding that our primary dedication in life is to God and Christ, now, yes, we're still dedicated to our husband, to our wife, to our parents, to our children, to our family members, even to some friends. 
but our primary dedication is to God and Christ, then we can have confidence that we will be with our Heavenly Father and our Savior and the Holy Spirit for all of eternity in heaven. Yes, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. We'll, be, we'll pick up verse 12 next time in First Peter, or Second Peter chapter 1. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for showing us the way to come out of the forgiveness and condemnation of sin and to be forgiven and justified and saved through Jesus Christ as we are baptized into him for the remission of our sins. His blood there, therein, cleansing us of the guilt of our sins and showing us that we can look forward with confidence to an eternal home with him in heaven. Thank you, Father. Help people see this truth, this way out of condemnation all over the world. So many need to open their eyes. Help us, Father to be that shining light of influence upon as many as we can be as we live our lives in this world, Father, but as we live our lives in Christ. May you be glorified. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.